YouTube. Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. I'm your host, Big Easy, joined by my co-host, Master Distiller, Sean Rigsby. And we are grateful and privileged enough to have another Master Distiller, Big Nick from the Bang for Your Buck episode. Is that is hey. that what you did? Bang for your buck? Bang for your buck. What's going on, everybody? Hell yeah, man. Glad to have you. Now, Sean, how's Thank it feel you. to be the little guy to tonight? Here. Sean's, uh, Sean's the little guy tonight. You got Big Easy and you got Big Nick. You got little Sean. So I thought that was a normal thing. <laughs> not usually, not usually. <laughs> that is what it is. So uh, what's going on, man? Big Easy. Tell us about yourself. Do what? Well, um, I've been moonshining for about five years. Um, and, uh, you know, show found me on Facebook and uh, spent the whole time thinking I wasn't going to, you know, just go in there for the experience. Didn't think I was going to make it through and uh, I ended up winning the thing. Uh, so uh, I've still been trying to process it all. It's been a couple months, but, you know, Still feels kind of surreal that it all even happened. So, so, so what was your? Uh, oh, go ahead. Anyway, go Sean, ahead. Sean jumped trying, ahead. I know what What's you're drinking going for? on, Sean. What's drinking on, bro? <laughs> Tried and true. Nope. Well, yeah. Oh, it's tangerine cream, huh? Ah. And yeah, we knew we knew the apples was coming out, so. Yeah, that's it. No liquor tonight. Uh, double fisting. <laughs> we ain't got liquor. You got a double fisting. Hey, so, yeah. hey man, uh, just uh, here in about three years, Nick, you're going to be double fisting it too, son. <laughs> oh, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, what you got in the jar over there, Big Nick? Um, well, I got some of uh, Patty's peach pie with me today, so... Uh, yeah, I, I seen you had posted that on your on your Facebook page, and I was intrigued. I like peach. I'm, Man, that's good where? stuff. Um, almost need to pour it over ice cream. It's it's good. I did earlier. He had me at ice cream, man. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's bad for me, I want it <laughs> just once. That's for sure. I uh, I broke out some of our, our buddy Hooch's bourbon, and in Hooch fashion, I mixed it with a little bit of soda. That's how he drinks his bourbon. So, shout out to Hooch. Oh, the boss! The boss has yeah. made her appearance. So, oh yeah. So Check you said you uh, you got started five years ago, Nick. Um, what got you into distilling? You know, did you find an old family member? Did you just catch the bug from watching TV and all the things on the internet? Well, I you know it, it all started. Uh, I was making wine and, you know, I guess to say how I got started in that, I saw a little clip from Catfish Cooley about closet wine. Uh, nice. That he takes Welch's grape juice, uh, some sugar and yeast, and yeah. uh, puts it in his closet. And it's the best wine he's ever had. And it, it, I was like, it comes out great. I was like, man, there's no way it's that easy. And um, it is. It, it's, it's that easy. <laughs> I did it and I was hooked at that point. Like at, at one point, like I had like, probably 20 gallons of wine sitting around that I hadn't bottled. And yeah, I, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to try to distill it and make some brandy. I mean, I just, you know, so I, I bought a little cheap Amazon steel and, uh, a little I, stainless pot, a little fever. 
Yep, and at that point on, I was like, all right, I'm done with the wine game. I'm ready to, ready to move on. Yeah, I'm ready to get it, you know. That's, that's all it takes, man. That first that first successful attempt at making alcohol, and then after that, it's like, I'm, what's the next step? Yeah. <laughs> what's next? What's next? Oh, man, I felt like I've had to take a loan out for the amount of – like, it's just – you know, you get so hooked into it, and then you want to just try everything. Like, you see new processes on Reddit or YouTube, and you're like, oh, how much does that cost? What do I got to do to get there? All right. Hey, you know, it's, so. it's, it's like any other hobby for us, you know. As soon as uh, as soon as soon we get into something, man, it's full bore. Like, and if you, as soon as you enjoy it, you know, like, I try to keep my hobbies to a minimum because I'm that way. Don't matter what I'm doing, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all in. Oh, Let's yeah. get it. So, uh, so the first thing you made was was it the Welch's the closet wine with the Welch's was the closet wine with the Welch's, and then um, I bought at that point I bought a you know great press and yeah. uh, you know the big fermenters like I was going all out, and then uh, I just had I just had so much I had so much wine I couldn't give it all away like I couldn't get it bottled. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I've got to condense this down. So uh, I made some pretty good brandy with it. You know, nice. I, we uh, we had honeybees for a while and uh, I was doing a lot of mead and uh, I like mead. So expensive. Yeah. Did you well, did you distill any of that mead? Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. I had some. Uh, well, the good thing about mead is, is that it doesn't go bad like normal wine would. Like it's hard to get it to turn to vinegar because, you know, Honey just has this characteristic to it that it just doesn't go bad. So, yeah, it's uh, you know it it it's evolved. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that's nature. That's nature sugar. It's it's something a little special. You know, honey special. So, so I still have some. I, I made when I first started about five years ago, and uh, every now and then I'll break out the beaver steel and pour in a gallon of meat I have sitting and nice. see what I get out of it. So you still have a jar that you made five years ago oh i still have a, i still have a couple gallons that i keep put nice. up in the closet you know and how cool is that you know um, I, I talk about how if if you have jars from when you first started how cool is it to go back five years later and try it like make the same thing now and see the difference and see if you've progressed or, or regressed <laughs> you, know, you just never know but uh you know i oh, think yeah, I anybody just... starting out man sa save you a jar of your first stuff and yep. put it in your forever area that way you can go back five years later and and you know, remember where you came from, and, and or or do like a like an infinity barrel, but like a, a bottle. Get you like a you know like a three gallon something, and just dump a little bit in every year. Replace what you drink. Yeah, it's amazing. So uh, you don't think you've learned so much, uh, you know, in the time span that you do it, and then you go back and you know try it and be like, wow, I really came a long way, or. You start telling someone who's just getting started about the process, you're like, wow, I know more than I thought I did, you know? That's really how, how it turns out, man. It seems like you just start talking and you realize you're like, wait a minute, why do I know so much? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, not, you know, you just obtain yeah. information over the years, you know, what to do, what not to do, what to try, what not to try. Like, it's kind of amazing, really. Oh, yeah. I've learned so much in the past two or three years. It's it, it's mind blowing that you know you, 
you can't remember all of it, but you, like Sean said, you pick up a lot of it. And, and if the, if that situation comes up, you just remember it from, you know, talking to guys and just bouncing off ideas and watching other people's failures and, and just learning. So. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. well you start thinking, Oh, sorry, Sean, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was, I was about to say, you know, you, at one point you start thinking, did I, did I make that up or did someone tell me about that? You know? <laughs> Hey, if you say you said it enough time, it becomes the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. Shit. So, so talk about the uh, your favorite still to run. Um, well, I'd have to say uh, it would have been uh, this 10-gallon pot still, nothing special about it, that I had before my submarine pot back here. Oh, the one uh, you had before that? Yeah, the one I had before this one. Um, and it was... I, it to me it was so hard to clean and get down in there and clean it. Uh, that's why you know I sold it and got this one. Uh, but looking back on it, I wish I'd hung on to it a little bit longer. Uh, just because like it, you know, I was averaging you know coming off uh, right after heads about 170. Uh, you know, but with this one, it's uh, I guess because of how the profile it's built, like it's hard for me to get about 155, and that's even with heads and four shots. So. Like, I don't, you know, hmm. I guess a little bit of trial and error, you know, learning different designs and, you know, what they're made for. But uh, I'm going to be doing some modifications to this one to see if I can help boost that up. So, Have you thought about going to a whole complete different setup or just a different pot? Well, I have, but, you know, I've got a pretty significant amount of money in this one. And, uh, you know, I want to try to make this one work best I can before yep. I, I scratch and, you know, start over. That- I'll tell you, that's a uh, real cool still. Usually you don't see much uh, submarine in general, let alone being full copper. Yeah, me, me and Sean have talked a lot about submarine pots over the past couple of years. And so, oh, yeah. Kind of lo- love a beautiful submarine pot. So. Oh, yeah. They'll, uh, it'll produce alcohol, but it's, um, you know, if you're looking for high proof, I think, you know, but you can't go wrong with the pot still and thumper. Yeah. So. Absolutely not. It's tried and true. So, um, oh, yeah. So you want to tell us about, um, you know, uh, tell us about your show. You know, you went on there, bang for your buck. Um, you know, which was a really cool concept in my mind. You know, like how can you turn out the best thing and the most, and you know, the, what you can for uh, the best dollar? Because I mean, realistically, if for most of us, we're chasing that. You know, it's like how can I do Absolutely. this at a more cost efficient way? And I, but I want the best thing I can get, you know, the best thing I can get at the cheapest thing I can without going, without going cheap, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and substituting crap for, uh, you know, to save a few dollars. So, well, and I think you hit the nail on the head with that, you know, um, us moonshiners, like, you know, you know, we, we don't have the resources like uh, actual distilleries that uh, can afford, you know, craft ingredients. So we're all the time trying to look, you know, how can we get the bang for our buck? Uh, so when they told me that was my episode, I'm, you know, immediately I was excited because that's what I already do anyway. Like I'm not trying to find the most expensive ingredients to try to, you know, make the most expensive alcohol. So, uh, uh, so the challenge was we had $30 to do 20 gallons of mash. Um, Anything that we grew or foraged uh, counted as free. Uh, so for me, my mind went straight to like uh, 
couple years ago, I bought some seed from uh, this guy named Dusty Moonshine. He does his own heirloom <laughs> corn. Uh, that's a good dig, man. My man, Nick. That's a good <laughs> dig, bro. Um, got some seed from him. Uh, planted do you it. Do you get one of my kids? Oh, no, no, no. You already started. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you have a return address, but I already know what it is. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think you got White Castle by there once or something not too long ago, Sean, right? Like, checked in at a White <laughs> Castle or something. Like, yeah. Never mind. Beyond that, um, so got, got you some uh, heirloom corn. Got me some heirloom corn. I grew it myself, dried it out, ground it, and I just had it in the freezer. I was saving it for a special occasion. Uh, and, I, you know, when they told me that, I was like, there's no better time than this. So. Yeah. Uh, I had just enough grain, uh, and at the time we had honeybees out here, so I had uh, I had about maybe a half gallon of honey that I harvested for it. So right there, I had my sugar content, in my grain. Um, so my wife's a huge Elvis fan. We got married in Graceland. Um, nice. So you know, just I was like, well, I'm gonna do peanut butter. You know, I've always done some sort of type of peanut butter, whether it's peanut butter rum uh peanut butter and jelly i was like i'm gonna do peanut butter and bananas bananas are pretty cheap uh you know powdered peanut butter they say you use, uh, use powdered peanut butter on the show yep in case anybody's wondering it, it wasn't you know like jeff it was powdered peanut butter no I, and you can use uh you can use jeff or you know sam's brand or whatever but you're gonna have about an inch of oil sitting on the top of that mash so just know you're gonna have to siphon it off yeah, so been that trial and error, been there, done that. So yeah, you, you, like you said, even in, um, if you get the natural peanut butter, um, it's made with more peanuts than like Jif is. It's just a lot of a lot of oils. So if you're gonna try it, you might want to try the the more natural peanut butters possibly. Or or uh, did you get that oil when you used the powder at all? Uh, well, and and I started doing research because uh, I've done this with the peanut butter rum I did. Uh, was that a lot of peanut butter draft beer, uh, they use that peanut butter powder. You know, they talk okay. about the oil content's low, and I was like, well, I'm going to try it out with, uh, you know, my mash, and, uh, like, it, it it really paid off, so. Now, you tried it before you went? Did you, oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yep, yep, did a practice run, came through beautifully. Uh, and the best thing about it is, is, like, you know, a lot of the peanut butter whiskeys on the market are flavored after the fact like yeah. they've got a heavy mouth feeling like oily uh but with that it's very light on the taste um and sean i do believe i sent y'all some uh so you dropped the ball oh man you already drank them didn't you i knew you no did. no they're sitting <laughs> there i fucked up god damn it we'll it's do it right. again we'll do it's it again. Right. um uh, but yeah so john had or Sean had some drinks and he didn't pull them out for the show, huh? Yep. That happens. Yep. It's all I've got right. one for me and one for you. Nice. We'll uh, we'll, we'll do it next next show. We'll watch them or we'll maybe we'll do it. next time <laughs> I see next time I see Sean. <laughs> you know, we'll uh, that'll be what's in our glass one time. So not to worry, not to worry. But you know, uh, but with the peanut butter banana, you know, and and still, you know, still to this day when I still do that run. It comes out just like it did on the show, like heavy on the peanut butter and light on the banana. But you get enough of both to get the concept of it. Yep. Uh, and Elvis was a huge peanut butter banana fan, so 
to me, there's no better way to uh, <laughs> pay tribute to the king and my wife than peanut, like butter, banana. peanut butter banana sandwich. Everybody lie. likes peanut butter banana, <laughs> right? So. I mean, I'm, there ain't much I don't like, but <laughs> that's not really saying much. <laughs> so, um, how did the show go? Well, I guess before I ask that, who was on here with you on so the show? I, so I had Devon and Faye on there with me. Probably, you know, the toughest competitors. Like, both of them know their shit. Uh, I mean, Devon uh, made this watermelon moonshine. Like, you know, and he used fresh watermelon, and it tastes just like a Jolly Rancher. I've never tasted anything like it. Um, Faye, like, so much knowledge. Like, she works in a legal distillery in New Jersey. And, um, I mean, just she had so many different layers in her drink. Like it's just, it, I, I told her she was like Willy Wonka. Like it tastes like an everlasting gobstopper. Cause you just got so many different layers after layers in it. So, uh, yeah. So what, what did she make her and Devon? So you know? Devon, uh, Devon was on, he was, he was working towards a watermelon, uh, moonshine. Uh, you know, then, you know, he got voted out, uh, and then Faye was working on like a fruit limoncello. Mm. Um, so a uh, lot of complexity in her drink, though. Just I, I was so amazed at it. So, what was your um, most? I don't know. What was your favorite experience about the whole ordeal, other than actually winning? Honestly, the problem, my probably favorite experience with it was, uh, was actually having these like world known moonshiners, like taste something that I'd made. They could have told me that it would tasted like goat's piss and like, I'd still been, you know, as happy as the day I won, you know, just to get, you know, feedback from them uh, about what I made. Like it, to me, it was a huge honor. Like, you know, mm -hmm. That that's the goal, man. Get get something you made, try by people you you you've grown up, you've grown with. You know, your past few yeah. years, you watch them, you respect them, and then you know the knowledge gained from listening to them, and then your competitors that you're there with, and you know, like you could very easily grow more in that two weeks than you have in five years, just based off all the knowledge being pumped into your senses the whole time you're there. Oh, easily. I mean, even, you know, the amount of knowledge I picked up between Devon and Faye and some of the other competitors that were there while I was there, just being passed back and forth, you know, in my, I, I guess you call it moonshine a career, you know, I've always been a loner, you know, I, besides what I've seen on Facebook and passed around in moonshine Facebook groups, you know, I never really had hands-on experience with anybody else. Never really met another moonshiner before. Um, so it was, it was definitely eye-opening. Oh, yeah. So you, do you prefer grains generally over fruit or fruit over grain? Well, I think it, between fall and fall and spring, I prefer grains for sure. Um, just because when it comes between, you know, spring and early fall, uh, I like to mash in whatever's, whatever's in season. So strawberries are going to come up. I do an awesome strawberry lemonade. Uh, you know, I like to use fresh local ingredients. So, you know, I'm not one that, you know, will go to a supermarket and, you know, get what's on sale. Like I want to go to the local farm. What do you have? 
Um, I got a lady I work with who has a muscadine vineyard. She lets me go out there and pick. So every August I, I'll do a muscadine brandy. So I bet that's real good. Oh yeah, I love I love some muscadines. Oh <laughs> yeah. So uh but grains, uh yeah, I just you know, I like the heirloom grains, you know, it's you know, if you can't grow them, they they tend to be pretty expensive. Um uh, but yeah, I, I mean I've used all the way down to you know, cornmeal, you know, just whatever you know, whatever I can get my hands on. <laughs> I'll ferment anything in alcohol. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And if you think I can, I'll give it a shot. Like, man, I'm going to try that. Hey, I'll, man, there's always I'll find, me, yeah, I'll find me a yeast that will ferment that. That's, that's the challenge, you know? Like, you, well, you do it so many times. You're like, oh, man, I did this. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. You're like, man, I need, I, I need something different. And so you give yourself a little challenge sometimes. Well, and that's what, you know, I like to see myself as a moonshiner. I like to push the boundaries. You know, it, it's always good to pay homage to the heritage and how they're, you know, the old timers done it, but you know, uh, there's room for advancement in it. And, you know, one of the things I've been doing lately is I've, uh, you know, I'll, I'll partner with the local movie theater and I'll collect their popcorn at the end of the night that they don't sell. And I'm mashing with that. I'd eat it all. I'd be double festing every popcorn all over my car. I, my wife, <laughs> my wife's trying to hide bags of it. And I was like, I that's me. Bag. Give it back. That's me. Like, Oh, you can't, this bag's mine. <laughs> Did you did you get a butter pump? Did you get a butter pump? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, and it's led me to this current recipe that I'm working on for uh, kettle popcorn. Nice. Uh, and so, some of the guys will tell you that we're at Winter Jam this past week. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's just it's nothing like it's out there. And um, you know, hoping after this peanut butter banana takes off that you know it'd be something I really hone in and uh, pitch out there. Nice. Good shit. So, uh, speaking of the jam, yeah, was this was your first ask. one? This was my first real one. I popped in at the fall fall jam, and like I said, never been to one, haven't been to the summer events, didn't really know what to expect, uh, and fall jam was a madhouse. I don't even think I got past the lobby, uh, but this is the <laughs> first time I spent like all three days, and uh, yeah. it still was a madhouse, but man, you meet so many good moonshiners you know, outlaw and celebrity ones and um, just the wealth of knowledge between everyone. Like, it's just, it's like a big family. Like everybody's sharing what they're working on, what they're sipping on, what they've been making. Everyone's willing to taste what, you know, taste yours and you taste theirs. It, I mean, it's just a huge family. It's so easy to get really drunk really fast. <laughs> you oh, don't even realize that. it. Like, oh, I've tried 10. I've tried 10. <laughs> I see them carrying that? several people out. <laughs> me. <laughs> that was me. I'll tell you, it, you, you'll be at the Summer Jam. It's a totally different experience at the Summer yeah, Jam. It is. Uh, it's going to be hot, just so you know. It's going to be hot. <laughs> but uh, it's a totally different experience as opposed to the fall. Um, I haven't been to the Winter Jam. We went to a Fall Jam a couple years ago. But, yeah, the Summer Jam, it's it's something else. I really like the Summer Jam. So, um Maybe get with Sean and see where he's staying. <laughs> Absolutely. The closer to the fairgrounds you can get, the better off you are because it's so simple just to walk back and forth. So if you can get within walking distance, which for me, that's like hundred, couple hundred feet. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you lay your head. That's right. Wherever you fall, <laughs> that's where I'll sleep. I've been there. I've been there a few times. So, Oh, um, yeah. 
So uh, when you was on the show, did you run into any issues? Like, did you have any ferment issues? Did you did you uh, have any still problems? Well, was you, hu- was you hungover drunk one day? You know, normal I think, stuff. I think probably the biggest, well, the biggest issue for me, and you were talking about the heat, is that um, like they just couldn't get the air conditioning down low enough. Like I feel like it's about <laughs> 85, 90 degrees in there, and I, I'm like pouring sweat. Like I'm going through sweat towel after sweat towel. Um, but you know, a lot of footage that, you know, I feel like we probably did anywhere from 30 to 40 hours of footage, you know, and they, and they shrink it down to 45 minute episode. So, uh, but there, you know, a lot of times, honestly, probably every time I cranked up the propane, like I had some kind of issue going on, whether it was with the regulators or leaking (laughs) gas somewhere, or, um, my second run I actually had lacto on, on top of it. And I don't even know how it even happened because coming from the wine background, I sanitize everything. Like I stars in the shit out of everything. Um, now, uh, but, they, everything's open ferment, right? Well, so, so everything around it possibly got infected with, you know, the, from the mashes around it or. It, it, it's possible. I like, you know, once once we mashed in and then we got it to temperature and, uh, you know, put in our put in our yeast and our nutrients and stuff, we didn't really, I didn't really see it till we went back to film again five days later. So I, I couldn't take, you know, for all I know, they could have left it in that bathroom. I mean, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, they, but they, yeah. Did they give you like gravity updates, let you know how it was moving and things like that? Nope, we didn't hear. Uh, I guess we. You know, a lot of us, you know, just not know, and we didn't, we didn't really ask till we went back for filming, just to even know if we, you know, we haven't had alcohol out of it, and uh, we all did. So I'd be, I'd be like, hey man, where's it at? I'd ask every day, where's it at? Where's it? They, at? they said they told us we could ask, and uh, they said we'll just call, and uh, you can come down. Me and Lorenzo, we loaded up in the truck, we just drove on down, and uh, they were both actually worked off. It was about four and a half days. Mine was zeroed out. Yeah, I I know for a fact mine probably wasn't. So I do know that our starting gravity, all of our starting gravities were floating around 1.07. Uh, Good start. So uh, I have a wooden spoon that I use at home, and I know when it starts to float that I'm I'm where I need to be so to keep it consistent. So I get to where I don't even measure it anymore. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're that high, you know. I mean, you're around that that ten percent threshold. Even if it doesn't all the way finish, you still got plenty of alcohol oh, to yeah. make you a good run out of. So that's yep. That's uh, that's like I was telling an old boy down there in uh, Bainbridge. His stall or his mash stalled at like one point oh two, but it started at like one point one. Yeah, can't like, run that shit, man. It's it's as done as it's going to go, and it's got yeah. the same amount of alcohol. Anyway. Yeah, you got plenty of alcohol in there. Well, and that's one thing people need to understand is that there's, you know, it, it, different yeasts have different alcohol tolerances. You know, I, for a while I was using EC1118, you know, for fruit and, you know, mm-hmm. it can go as high as 20%. Yeah. You know, 1118 is a workhorse. Yeah. That, that'll ferment anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've fermented almost anything with that 1118. It's crazy. It, it is definitely a beast. Um, but it, you know, it's not made for you know, it's not made for grain. You use it for grain, you're not going to get the results that you you would mm-hmm. as you would with fruit. So, yeast makes uh, a difference, you know. Like, yeah. Um, 
But for my part, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You already started. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, for <laughs> for my first run, uh, I knew it wasn't finished. Like it was bubbling away when I was uh, going in there. So uh, I came out on my first run about eighty percent after you know mixing in for that jar. Eighty percent, eighty proof. Excuse me. Um, so it was, it was a little low, and I knew going in the second round, I was probably going to be, you know, third pick in the steel house, and uh, I, I ended up being. And uh, luckily for me, uh, Faye uh, didn't want to use a thumper, uh, you know, and uh, what she did was kind of like more like a gin technique where she just hang, hung her stuff down into the pot uh, and just let it, the vapor take its course from there. Um, so yeah, I got a thumper, but I ended up with, uh, like with a cap that I'm not familiar with. It kind of looked like a tea kettle. Um, uh, and so I struggled like putting that thing together cause I was going from half inch back up the three quarter inch back to half inch. Um, <laughs> uh, and they didn't, they didn't air this part, but Digger was like, do you think that's going to work? Like you, he's like, I doubt that's going to work. You going from all these different sizes and back down and constricting it. You know, I told him, I was like, look, it's go big or go home. Like, you know, hey, I'm here man. to win. If, J- <laughs> if JJ still worked and he's still on there, it's going to work. So. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I've seen some people run some fucking sketchy shit on Facebook. So... Well, I would say anything you were going to make would work just fine. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'll talk about the Beaver Steel, but you know, I, you know, after about two runs with it, I started making modifications to it, and I hooked up dryer ho- dryer hoses to it, uh, washer and dryer hoses to it, and it, uh, I, if I mean, it worked. So you, you're right about anything will do. Oh yeah, <laughs> taking Beavers and put a hot water heater hoses on them, and you know make dumper jars and bigger worms like you know it's it's limitless hey i saw a dude make liquor with garden hoses so, <laughs> not saying i would drink it or try that shit <laughs> but sean sent me a video like man this dude is making liquor straight up through garden hose it was garden hose i don't care what he says he, he, he when he came back i can't wait like dude that was garden hose like he was distilling through garden hose yeah. it was amazing I did wasn't enjoy it, seeing it. Was, it. it was a keg still, wasn't it? Yeah. He ran a hose from from the tower over to the, <laughs> the downpipe and the thumper. It worked. I mean, it worked. Man, I, I in some of those moonshine groups, you see people doing some crazy shit. And you're just like, I don't know. For me, I kind of just bite my tongue. I was like, you have to learn. You know, you have to learn through experience. Like, someone tells you, like, you're going to be stubborn, not listen. You just got to, you know. Same thing, like uh, I, I blew a cap one time because I put whole strawberries in, in the thumper. And everyone kept telling me, don't do it, don't do it. And I did it anyways. And uh, it, sucked, uh, it sucked up in the pipe and clogged it. Uh, and it was like a volcano inside oh, the Oh, I killed me story. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> whole strawberry in the thumper. Whole strawberry <laughs> in the thumper, like sucked up in the pipe. Uh, what you using? What kind of steel was you running it on? That was that pot steel that I had prior to. Um, and then I had the thumper with it and everything. And I just dumped a bunch of whole strawberries in there. Just didn't was, think... was that a paste still or a clamp? No, it was uh, it was compression paste. So Okay, so. I started to see the cap rise and I was trying to hold it down. <laughs> and there was no holding it. And like it was like a volcano. And it went oh, all down shit. my arms. 
and Man. scalded my legs. Like it was a, like uh, the whole kitchen smelled like strawberries for a week. Like I mean, just you know, maybe uh, maybe holding it down caused it to bubble over as opposed to blowing all blowing that, out. that yeah. alcohol vapor out. You know, so maybe maybe your little uh, fourth degree burns you you received stopped you from a big fireball in your. What'd you say? You was in the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I run on electric because... Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. I got you. All right, no worries then. But still, hey, the but worst part about that was looking about. at the looking at the old lady afterwards like, oh, yeah, I just did this in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> she, I'll tell you what, she is a saint because she's put up with a lot between me keeping my mash in the closet and, yep. you know, doing clothes fermentation and blowing a calf all over my clothes <laughs> to... Uh, like that's you know, awesome. spilling mash all in the kitchen. I mean, she puts up with a lot, so that's awesome. Yeah, see, mine drew the line when I dumped twenty gallons of uh, Uncle Jesse's in the living room when I was wheeling it through oh. into my into my back room. She's like, "You're done. That's it. Floor, everything was sticky for like a month." And you know, I'm just like, I made it out outside and I threw it on the dolly and I'm wheeling it through the house and I bumped something and it fell out of my hand and it was just. It was freshly, I didn't even piss the yeast yet, you know. It was just <laughs> sugar and corn and water. And that shit went everywhere, man. And I'm trying to clean it up. And, and I'm a half-assed cleanup. I'm a dude. Like, I don't clean shit up real well. And so I know it's not up to her standard. And she's just watching. And finally, she takes over. I go hide out in the barn the rest of the night. Like, yeah, she's uh-huh. pissed at me. <laughs> then I was like... I learned about aquarium heaters then, and I, you know, bought a bunch of aquarium heaters and froze my ass off from then on out. So, did uh, did you do like a big daddy cleanup job? You just threw newspapers on top of it and just hope no one saw it. Well, no, see, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, I'll roll out paper towels and kick them around with my feet to soak that shit up. And Guilty then, there, you know, like once yeah. <laughs> that's the big man cleanup. Like, oh yeah, just throw some throw some paper towels on the ground and use your feet and rub it in, and when it's cleaned up. Get the broom and the dustpan and sweep it in there. I ain't bending over. <laughs> oh, well, and, and that's what another reason why I chose the submarine pot is like I like to distill at maybe belly button level because I hate bending over to pick up jars. Like actually, I take it back. Probably the worst part about filming was having to bend over and pick up jars like off the ground because I never do jars off the ground when but, I'm at home. Like I think they may. I think they have you get on the ground to light that damn burner. Just so they can laugh at your big ass getting on the ground and getting back up, no damn well. They do. Like, they do. Like Judd <laughs> laid down on the ground. Judd laid down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Judd was laying down when he did it. And it's like you know they're over like get up, fat boy, get up. Get oh up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, well, I'm sure they have like a full reel of bloopers that they all sit back and watch. Like, all right, like here's the here's the new set of big guys rolling in this season. Let's let's take it back. <laughs> Just watch all of them try to get up after lighting the burner. <laughs> I'd make, I'd watch that, you know, I'd definitely watch that. So, um, so yeah, uh, back to that cap. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I kudos to JJ for what he ran because, like, you know, I was thinking along the same lines as him is that everybody does the same setup. It's either mm-hmm. pot and no thumper or pot and a thumper. And, uh, you know, I was kind of grateful that I got a cap that I didn't use because to me, to be, you know, I like to think of it like Ink Master. If you're not, uh, if you just do one style of tattoo, yeah. you're not technically an Ink Master. And I, I feel the same way about Master Distiller. Like, if you can't run on any pot, are you really a Master Distiller? So, 
I want to go in there and show that I could do something different that I've never done before. And, uh, but I, you know, with my challenge, I knew how to get my, uh, get my proof up. So I threw a gin basket in there too, uh, to try to, you know, get some of that, uh, elevation in there. So that water would drop back down. The alcohol would keep rising. So, so, uh, the first round was uh, proof gallons, right? How many proof gallons you could come out yeah. with was, was that your first yeah. round? Um, you had to run your yeah. steel and see. So it had a lot of corn light on the peanut butter. Cause I ferment with my peanut butter. Uh, so second round, I added uh, another jar of that powdered peanut butter and kind of macerated with it before uh, I went to town. And, uh, you know, if you saw the episode, uh, Digger said it was like putting a whole jar of peanut butter in your mouth. And uh, that's what I was going for. So, it's, hey, man, when when you taste some peanut butter, man, it's got to be it's got to be there, you know. Absolutely. So it's interesting. Um, so what is, oh, uh, do you, well, are you a corn sugar guy? Are you a cane sugar guy or what's? Full conversion, all fruit. I try, well, when I, I'll say for peaches, I'll go all fruit. It, it really, it really depends. Sugar, I'll go cane sugar. I mean, sugar, geez. Uh, see, I'm already in that peach pie and it's already working <laughs> on me. Strawberries, I'll go cane sugar. Uh, just because strawberries are already hot when they run as it is. So I try to uh, use whatever sugar that's not going to put the most bite on it. Uh, now, do you have any type of trick you'd like to share on how you tone down the, the hot that most people get from strawberries? Yep. So, uh, you need to melt down your sugars and stuff first, throw a little bit of citric acid in there and try to do like a, you know, introvert the sugars. So you're separating the dextose from whatever else they got. Uh, so that way you're not just burning, like you're not just throwing sugar in there and having the yeast have to work extra hard. You're actually kind of breaking it down even more uh, for them to be able to eat it down. So, so for me, it, that works it, for me. Inverting your sugars. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm helps cool it down cool down that the fieriness you get out that most people talk about when they talk about strawberry moonshine absolutely and I, and I do it you know really anytime that i add sugar that's what i do uh actually i'll make it i'll do a big batch of it and uh with grain i always try to do full conversion but if it's not at the abv that i want it to be i'll i'll go back in there and pull some out of the fridge that i've bottled up and um just throw it in there to get it to where I want it to be. So I always keep some on hand. That's like uh, that inverting sugar deal is uh, uh, one of your buddies, Henry Lowell, likes to do that with peaches. Yeah, I actually met them not too long ago, and, and they were talking about that. That You know, I told them I like to go all fruit when I can, and they're like, no, you got to use sugar because it helps bring out some of that fruit flavor. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been fruit season yet, so I may give that a shot. But uh, so far, everyone's like my peach brandy. Like, I mean, it's all fruit. Like, I use, uh, like, peach juice and peaches. Um, you know, just make sure the pH level's right. But. Hell, yeah. I like peach brandy. Shit, if you don't, <laughs> I think there's a problem. I think there is a problem. <laughs> um, so, for the last challenge... You know, just like most of them, you know, it's it's making a cocktail that they could sell. Uh, so 
uh, what I went to was, you know, I had some dry roasted peanuts that I had and, uh, have, you know, had some more bananas that I didn't throw in the thumper and a gin basket. Um, and I just, I kind of just, you know, kept pouring it over that through a filter, kept filtering it through, trying to get some more, really trying to get some more of that banana flavor, mm -hmm. uh, but not mm -hmm. lose any of that peanut while it's gone. Cause it, bananas just, it's so hard to work with. Um, it, it's it's hard to get that banana flavor that you think about when you when you think bananas. You know, you think candy bananas or banana yeah. popsicles, like, and it, it's hard to get that flavor in your end product because usually it's cooked banana. You know, like you you make banana, it's cooked banana. That's that's yeah. what you, you taste. So it's it's weird how that works, right? Like when you think banana, like you think banana laffy taffy. Yep. Or, but when you go eat a banana, like it doesn't taste like that. No, not at all. And I, I think that's that's from all the artificialness that we all yeah. grew up on, and we're so used to like, oh, banana, it's so good, that's so good, and and so like when somebody hands you like a banana brandy, and it just tastes like cooked bananas, you're thrown off, you know. Yeah. And it's like you got to get that, got to get that laffy taffy. You got to get that. Yeah. It's got to have that laffy taffy. That smell. Even if you just get that smell. It'll trick your palate into, into tasting what you think of when you think of bananas. Yeah. Well, you think about that with watermelon, too. Like, you go and eat watermelon candy, and I can tell you, like, it does not taste like fresh watermelon. Fresh watermelon <laughs> don't taste like nothing. It, it tastes know, like water, you know. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it tastes like I'm going to eat half this thing. That's yeah. what it tastes like. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel bad. I'm hydrating. I'm hydrating. Give me half that yeah. watermelon and a spoon. No, don't even give me a spoon. I got hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I melted down. Uh, I did a, my own banana simple syrup and my own peanut butter simple syrup at home before I came. Uh, it kind of was just blended through that. Uh, well, just step back a minute. So that second jar I turned in, uh, they said it was around 120 proof. Uh, and they were surprised that like it, the peanut butter flavor came through at that high proof. Um, so I already knew I had the proof to work with. So at that point I was just diluting it down till it was about 95 to hundred proof, uh, with those simple syrups. And, uh, you know, it ended up looking like lemonade. Uh, and that's probably the biggest cr critique I got on it is that, you know, it wasn't a clear jar. It looked like lemonade, not peanut butter, banana, anything. So bananas are yellow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but when, Absolutely correct. When yeah. I do, I was gonna say when I do it at home, you know, you put it in the freezer for about a week, and all that, you know, the solid banana that comes through, it settles to the bottom, yeah. and then you siphon off the top, you know, and you got your clear liquid at that point. But you know, with the show, you don't have that kind of time. That's, so. a, that's that time crunch, you know. It's yeah. like you got to make this work in this small amount of time. Can you get it done? And and get it done well. So did you go to, or did you, um, oh, did you have an hour to mash in or was it longer? I had an hour to mash in and I started reading through the rules uh, when they sent them to me and they're you know, like, oh, you know, whiskeys, you got, you know, three hours, you know, because I, I plan to do all grain. And then like two days before, I was like, I better just ask before, I get there, and apparently those rules are set for, like, when they're doing, like, a whiskey episode. So they, they just kind of just left them in there, and they're like, no, you got about an hour. So I was in panic mode yeah. um, and just started in, uh, to go through Reddit, go through some uh, the moonshine groups, and I found where, like, pre-soaking your grains 
uh, helps them gelatinize to help bring that out. So I got permission. They were like, yeah, you can pre-suck them if you want to. Whatever's going to help you. Uh, so that's what I did. And, you know, can't say whether or not whether that helped me or not with the fermentation process, but uh, that's what Didn't I hurt. did. Yeah. Didn't hurt. So <laughs> nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so were you surprised by how well you did? I was. Were you? Go ahead. I was going to say I was. I was uh, honestly through each phase of it, I was not expecting to, I was expecting to get voted off each time. Um, and I, you know, I guess it's just because, like, my competitors, they just had so so much wealth of knowledge, and they had such good products. Like, I felt like like I was not in the same league as them. Uh, you know, and, um, yeah, even when it came down to the end, like, I, you know, I was in shock. I was in shock for about a week to, re- you know, didn't even really process what had happened. And Well, know, it will when, uh, when you see your guard on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to rephrase that as to if. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, um, hold out anyway. hope and just stick with win. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can do is hold out hope. You know, it's, you know, you're at the distillery's mercy on that. And, you know, it's, it, it definitely sucks, especially for you season two guys. Like, you know, you guys have been waiting, going on three years now. You know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of things are being said, and uh, I feel like a lot of things are not being uh, kept up like they said they were going to. Uh, but, you know, I just – I hold out hope that they get working on y'all's because that means I'm just closer to getting to mine. So That's right. I'm not the only one waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, it's uh, – yeah. I mean, there's a lot with it. You know, it's um, – you know, you got a lot of winners now that, you know, I, t- I still talk to a lot of them from season four and some of them from other seasons that, you know, it's just like, it seems like they don't even really get to enjoy it that, you know, it's, I think we're in a generation of everybody gets a participation trophy. You know what I mean by that? I know exactly what you mean by that. Like you were yeah. on the show, uh, so you're automatically a winner. Like, you know, and, you know, I, I feel for some of these guys that, have won and they don't really get to enjoy it for the moment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're still competing. Um, they're still competing for like, you know, their time to get to enjoy it. I mean, I, that's the only way I can put it. It's, you know. Well, the, oh boy. I don't know how to put it in a way that um, people would take it. Well, I I know <laughs> I probably heard some want. feelings. I know <laughs> I probably heard some feelings in saying that, but I mean, it's just you know, I don't know. It it, it comes well, from the one one of those things you where on. you you, you know everybody preaches about being a family and being happy and supportive and celebrate each other's wins, but then when it comes time to you know certain people didn't win, it's like they can't let it go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's just how well, I see it. You know, um, it's a competition show. Yeah. It'd be different if it was a showcase show where, you know, three moonshiners or two moonshiners and, you know, one uh, legal distiller, you're going to come in here and show you guys what they do and, 
you know, show you that, you know, what they do best, you know, but you're right. It's a competition and, you know, it sucks. Uh, and it sucks for everybody involved, but there has to be someone that comes out on top with it. And three winners because uh, nobody won a goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly where it's at right now is that everybody's <laughs> sitting even because nobody's gotten any prize from it. So, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. But, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just going to be like one right after another. They're going to get it, get it right, and we'll all be down in Gatlinburg partying. <laughs> so we can hope. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to me, there's other, you know, if they're that far behind, and like I said, I'm no businessman, I'm no lawyer, but I, I would see at some point just start contracting it out to other distilleries. I mean, whatever I, you, know, you got to do to own up to it. I emailed uh, Greg Edom or Item, the head distiller at Sugarlands the other day, and that was my um, suggestion. You know, I I named in there a distillery that would be willing to do part of that, and I've got no email since. It's like, yeah. hey man, bring in some GNS and throw some flavoring in it. You know, like sign off on it. Like, yeah, man, whatever. Throw some flavoring in it. Throw Absolutely. some gray neutral spirit in that bottle. Put my face on it. Let's let's just get it done. <laughs> right. I mean, let's get it done. Just, you know, they need to reach out to, uh, you know, all the winners or local spots, see who'd be willing to take the contract on for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even just have on there, you know, partnered with Sugarlands Distillery for, you know, you know, this limited run hey. or whatever the case may be and leave it to that distillery if they want to run it full time or not after that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you go into, you go into distillers all the time and they have their label on it, but the small writing says, you know, all oh, made in Indiana and here we are in West Virginia. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. know, you see I'm that, cool you that. know, yeah. like there's, there's ways, there's oh, ways. Just like source liquor, you know, it comes from somewhere else and, you know, it can still have the, the, the name of who made it, you know, on the front and people's faces and on the back, it could say, you know, distilled by, you know, whichever distillery they want to have it done at. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and that because they sell out of them so fast and they don't make any more of them. So maybe a small distillery could run Would that. Would be the way to know? go. Yeah. Like, Hey, I, you I, know, it's out there. People like it. Well, you can get it over here. This is where you get it at from here on out because all the guys from season one, it's not like they, uh, they brought out, you know, like, Hey, we're selling this every day. Now, now this is a mainstay on the shelf. It was a limited run and, that well, it. And, and they told me because I, you know, I do a pretty good pitch with mine because, you know, I, you know, even though I didn't think I was going to win, I went in with the game plan. You know, everybody loves Elvis. Like my wife loves Elvis. Like I got married in Graceland. It fits, you know, it's all about marketing. You know, I, I've seen Elvis fans that will literally would probably buy a turd if it had Elvis's signature on it. I <laughs> yep. mean, people love Elvis, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, but there's that, not a there's not an Elvis yeah. liquor out there that there's one out there that has his name on it, but it has nothing to do with what he actually drank it or ate and stuff. You know, this one's like a tribute to the king. Yes, yeah, peanut butter banana. Yeah, like mm-hmm. them both. <laughs> oh yeah, like absolutely. Both. But yeah, hopefully it uh, works out for everybody, and everybody gets. Uh, you know something absolutely yeah. well so, and so what's your anyway. favorite what's your favorite thing to make nick uh 
I would have to say, you know, if you asked me a few weeks ago, I would have probably said uh, that strawberry lemonade. But now that, like, I've started this uh, this journey of this uh, kettle popcorn, I would have to say that. Uh, you know, I was just so so surprised at how much, like, that movie theater popcorn taste comes through nice. uh, through the jar. Um, so it's, it's probably one of my favorites. I just ate a big old tub of popcorn Saturday. I went and watched Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Everybody loves popcorn, right? That's right, man. I love popcorn. <laughs> Especially, hey, that that movie theater popcorn hits differently, man. Like it ain't like making it at home. Like it's something about it. I don't know if like the mass production. I don't know what it is, man. But movie theater popcorn just it hits differently. Well, and I worked in a movie theater for three years, so like, and, and honestly, the idea come to me when I was sitting there for filming, and I was like, you know what? I said I probably get a could have came in here with a huge contractor bag full of popcorn. And like the show probably would have ate it up, you know, and oh, yeah. uh, at that point it was too late, but God, I, you know, I wish what, I, if I'd have done things differently, that's probably what I would have done. What, what's your ferment, Nick? I got a dump truck of popcorn out back. Let's get it. Huh. <laughs> well, and you got, you know, that huge 55 gallon bag of popcorn and it mashes down into 20 gallons of mash, you know, and that's with majority water too. So, yeah. you know, it, it all just kind of squishes down. Oh yeah, so that's still you got behind you. Not to change the subject or nothing, but uh, who built that? So American Distilling Company, uh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're from Wisconsin or somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, but uh, it's like kind of like one of their secret menu things. You have to, you know, they don't cite, but if you go in the search bar and type in submarine pot, it pops up for some reason. Uh, hmm. Um, all these, all these still guys, they'll life. build you what you want. That's yeah, unique. You want I gotta have it. it. They'll build it. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool, man. I always wondered how something like that would work, but, especially if uh, it was like say fifty gallon. Uh, um, oh yeah. So uh, I like running ten gallon because, like, it doesn't put me having tons of mash laying around. Uh, you know, I normally keep about 15 to 20 gallons of mash at a time, enough to do two, you know, a spirit run and then a second run if I want to, mm -hmm. or I can just do two, two regular runs. Um, so. And if you make a mistake, it doesn't kill your pocket. You know, it's like, it was just 10 <laughs> gallons. Right. <laughs> like so the little yeah. ones, R&D, man, real good for R&D. Uh, my bad. Go ahead, Sean. Um, are you a, are you a fast runner or are you a slow runner? I'm a slow runner. Like I think between setup and cleanup, it's about a 12 hour process for me. And that's so, on what size still? A 10 gallon. So I just, you know, I, you know, I hook it up in my building or uh, my living room and I'll just let it, you know, slowly heat up, you know, I'll, nice. I'll do whatever I got to do for the day. And, um, normally about the four hour mark, it'll get up the temperature and that's where I start putting out and, uh, normally by eight hours is when I'm getting down into my low tails, uh, and I'll shut it down and then the cleanup, uh, the cleanup process. Like I, you know, I, I go through it all. I make sure to get it good cleaned out. I do a citric, you know, take some citric, uh, acid, lemon juice and wipe it down. Make after sure I get it good after every, out. after every run. 
every run. Now, that's the wine guy in you right there. Yeah. Like, I'm a grab that hose. <laughs> All right, we're good. Let's go. <laughs> I sprayed out with the hose and called a night. So that's that. You, you I try to, but you, yeah, you see it a lot with the wine and beer guys that uh that come in. You're like, oh, I still sanitize. I still clean. And I'm like, dude. I ain't washed out my mash tun with nothing but hose water in the last three years. <laughs> I, I know what I do is overkill, but you know, I've I've had batches of wine that I thought for sure were gonna turn out. And uh, you know, all it takes is really like one gnat to get in there and it'll turn the whole batch to vinegar. Uh, and you know, I just get scared to death that I'm gonna, you know, it's not gonna be clean and it's gonna come out terrible and you put all that time and effort into it and so yeah, just distill it. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Throw it in the still. It'll be all right. If it sucks, throw it in there again. <laughs> run it till it tastes unless, like nothing. Unless you burn it. Yeah, unless you scorch it. And then uh, don't bring it over and try to get me to run it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell everybody like a tip I've learned for not scorching your mash. Uh, you have to have two big pots. One has to be able to sit inside the other one. But I have one of those uh, sous vide uh machines or whatever mm -hmm. so i put the water in the one pot run the sous vide to get it up to temperature and then put my corn and everything else in the other one it's a slower process but you don't have to constantly stir it to keep it from scorching because it's you're you're basically you're basically running off the water temperature of the other pot yeah so mm -hmm. it doesn't burn like direct contact so super cool like best part about this man everybody's got their own way and and it works yep. great, and you know that's a, that's a super awesome way to do it. You know, hell yeah, um, and that's like you know some people like with fruit, right? Some people cook it, some people don't cook their fruit. You know, it's it's what I appreciate everything like that because everybody does something different. You can find out what you Absolutely. do, what you do, what this guy does, what this guy does, and make your own way. Like before I met Sean, I never even thought about just dumping boiling water on my grain and letting it sit and not have to not have to row the boat or anything. Just let it sit, let it gelatine, let it do its thing, you know? And it's just like you did nothing. <laughs> that's my that's me right there. And it dude. works, like, right? Yes, it, it works great. And I was just like, I'm amazed by that, man. So it's just like I said, no matter who you meet, who you talk to. Somebody does something different and you just never know what you're going to pick up and what you're going to use from then on out. You know, like, like I'll keep that with me forever. Like, man, I ain't never rowing a boat again, man. It's, and uh, I'll tell you, I, <clears throat> I didn't know it, like liquid amylase or amylase or whatever existed until Shua and prohibition yeah. started using it. <clears throat> the high temp, I mean, you didn't have to worry about yeah. it. Stop the high temp amylase in there. And then, Put that, you know, your uh, your gluco in second, I believe. Yep. And oh, it's almost like cheating, right? Because like you could barely stir your mash paddle and just a teaspoon of that stuff, and that stuff is like back to water again. It's crazy how it works. It's it's amazing. Just the and and like five years ago when you started, this shit wasn't here. You know, there no. wasn't even nobody here to even who thought about you know to even bring that to your your attention or or anything like that. You know, you're you're just you're learning the hard way. And well, now and it's I, like, you know, if you're if you're a new shiner now, you definitely have you have a lot gifted to you. Have it easy. <laughs> yeah, it definitely can can be easier on you for sure. Absolutely. I and I hate the way six row barley smells. Like to me, it smells like baby vomit. 
Uh, but so I was malting my own popcorn for the longest time. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, the high temp amylase and the, glu- you know, the gluconase or glucose or whatever you call it these yeah. days uh, came around. It's just like, why? Why go through all that trouble when this does just as good? Yeah, like, wow, here we go. Like, yeah. You ever use a two-row instead of the six-row? I know it don't have as much protein enzymes, but, you know, it, and two-rows a lot for a lot of people that make beer use it. But it's it's definitely, it's got different characteristics than that six-row. I'll have to try it. We got a local uh, local Brewster, where I, you know, closer to where I live, and uh, the six-row is just what they carry a lot of. Yeah. Uh, they do have like different like chocolate malts and all that stuff like I really hadn't seen to have a need for just yet. Uh, I would like to do like a chocolate peanut butter, kind of like a Buckeye yeah. uh, eventually. So. See, every, every time I've experienced with chocolate malts, it always tastes like coffee. Yeah. But that's just me. Everything, everything alcohol that has chocolate in it, it tastes like coffee to me. And I hate coffee. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm good on that. And even even when it's fermented, it smells like coffee to me, and I'm just I'm thrown off of it. So it's not my dig. So if, if it comes out great, let me know. <laughs> For sure. Hell yeah. Well, boys, uh, it's we're about the hour mark. So yeah, I guess we did hit an hour. It was a quick hour, man. It was. That was a great show, man. I enjoyed listening to you talk, Nick. You know. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's definitely fun chatting with you guys. Like I said, you know, being back home, you know, you don't really get to talk shop with you know, other moonshiners. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I, you know, as I'm signing off, I just want to tell everyone who's getting into the business, you know, just, just be creative, be unique, you know, don't try to copy what someone else is doing or what they have going on. Uh, and that's for moonshiners and master distillers too. Like just stick to your own process, like come up with your own ideas and just be your own person. Cause that's going to get you further than anything else. So. Nice. It's a great message. Yep. Man. We appreciate yeah, you. Yeah. We um, said so we're honored and privileged to have you on here. Always enjoy spending an hour or so shooting the shit with you and, and Sean. Even not I, I talk to Sean all the damn time, so it's no difference <laughs> there. But <laughs> it's nice to listen to somebody else talk. So it was, uh, like I said, man, I will meet you at the Summer Jam. So I'll meet you in person at the Summer Jam. I'll be there. And I don't know, uh, I might make it down to Popcorn. I'd love to make it to the Popcorn Festival. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll be at both. So uh, either way, I'll see you at one of the two jams. Yeah, no, no, you big time now. You're obligated. So at, well, I at, wouldn't say big time. At, at the summer jam, you'll have to come over off to the corner to see Sean. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not on moonshine, bro. That's uh, well, you know, um, that's for people uh, yeah. with jars. Well, well, Sean, we'll start our own road. No, now. it's not. <laughs> I know for it's people not. with. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm not that's even going to get into this. So. <laughs> Nice. I like that. <laughs> next question. Next question. All right. Uh, All right, man. Oh, y'all have a great night, man. Thanks for joining us, Nick. Yes, Thanks sir. for hanging out, Sean. Yeah. Everybody that's watching, y'all have a great night. Um, rewatch us on YouTube. Click the live links or listen to us on Spotify. We're always there. So y'all have a great night. Everybody shine on. Shine don't on. click off. Don't don't leave it right away, Nick. All right. <laughs>